Hello and welcome back to Team Malicious Podcast. If this is your first time listening to us, thank you so much for tuning in. And just so you know a little bit about what you're going to hear here on Team Malicious Podcast, we are your go-to podcast for people who are trying to build a legacy through their passions, whether that be lashes, browse, any other beauty services, or maybe you sell a product, maybe you own a boutique, a clothing boutique, or you are an artist and you sell your art in some way or another. Whatever your vibe is, whatever your gift is that you have, and you're trying to share that with the world through a small business, if you're struggling with that because maybe you have some limiting beliefs of your own or you have inherited some from your ancestors, which is actually what this episode's all gonna going to be all about today. No matter what it is that's been more or less holding you back from taking the next step in your career and really pushing yourself to be that millionaire that you want to be or or whatever version of success that you desire, we're here to help you achieve it, not only through your through mastering your mindset, but also through teaching you real tangible um actionable items, things that you can do in your business and in your life that will help set you up so that you can build that business. And that way you're not working in your business all the time, unless you want to. Um, And the business starts to work for you. And that's the goal, right? Is to create a business that you love, you enjoy, but doesn't take over your whole entire life if you don't want it to. More than likely, outside of just being yourself, you probably have family members, children, loved ones, friends, or other hobbies, maybe fur babies that you love and that you want to spend your time with too. And you don't always want to be just stuck behind a chair or stuck um, behind the desk, whatever it is that you do. Sometimes you want to get out and enjoy the world, enjoy this life that's short. So we're here to tell you that you totally can. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what setbacks that you feel are unique to your life. There are other people out there that have had it worse. I know not to be dismal in the beginning of this podcast, but there are people who've had it way worse than you and they've made it and they've done all the things you want to do and more. So we're here to help you do that. And I hope that you find some inspiration and you gain some knowledge every single time you're here. This is definitely not your typical just kind of chat and go on a rant kind of podcast. We really, really, really pride ourselves on giving you tons of value every episode. So that way you can make an impact on your business and hopefully make an impact on others. So um, let's get back into the episode. If you tuned in last week, then you are um, all right on track with knowing how to overcome the limiting beliefs that are holding you back from creating your million dollar company, if that's what you desire. Because like I mentioned last week, most of the time, the thing holding you back from hitting those number goals are really just yourself. We hold ourselves back more than anything else. And we talk about how at Elevate Your Brand Workshop in September, we are going to be going into all of the systematic strategies that you need to implement in your business in order to be seen as an expert, as the go-to person. So that way people will be chasing you down to buy your service or your product even if you're, quote, the most expensive person in town, like um, yours truly, the one that's talking right here. So that was last week. We talked about, you know, what you need to do to overcome those fears and and what it takes to be seen as the go-to professional in your industry. 
today we are focusing on a little bit deeper. We're kind of, we're digging a little bit deeper into why you have those limiting beliefs because in order to solve, someone actually asked me on TikTok the other day, um, they asked me, I mean, it was a TikTok or Instagram. I don't know. I'm on so many social platforms, but I asked, I put a question out there like, you know, what are you guys struggling with? And, and, um, how can I help? You know, what questions do you have? And someone asked me, oh yes, it was Instagram. And someone asked me, you know, did you have, I won't say her name. She might not want to be named, but she's pretty new in the lash industry. And she asked me, you know, did you have doubt in yourself when you first started your business and how can I overcome that? Obviously she's having doubt in herself. And, and I answered the question and in a nutshell, I told her, yes, of course I had doubt in myself. Everyone does when they start something new. Um, it's just human. I mean, unless they're like a sociopath, I guess it's human nature to be afraid of failure, to be afraid of ridicule. And so what I, what I, my advice to her was to one, just give herself grace and, and be okay with the fact that sometimes you're going to be afraid, but more importantly, um, there's a root issue on her end, um, as to why she's doubting herself and doubting herself to the, I doubt myself too, but the difference between me and maybe this person is even though I doubt myself, I don't allow that doubt to control me. Um, I allow myself to feel it. I might have a good cry. I might even take a day off from work just to mentally like decompress. Um, I might hang out with my friends or or just vent to my husband. I'll do whatever it takes to just like feel those feelings and then push, really just push the fuck through because, you know, I can't allow that doubt to control me. And so basically what I told her was, Obviously, I didn't want to say, hey, like feel those feelings and then get over it because that's something I would tell myself. I would never tell that to somebody else because I know it's not that simple and I don't know what she's dealing with. And that's the key point to what I'm trying to make here is figure out where those feelings are come from, feel, figure out why you're doubting yourself so heavily to the point that it's affecting you, you know, in a bigger scale and really deal with that. If that means, I mean, I've had people come to me so many times looking for business coaching. If you don't know, I do business coaching, business mentorships, where I help people very much like consulting. If you've ever heard of a consultant where I have people who are trying to grow their business, maybe attract more clients, sell more products, whatever it is they're trying to do, build a training course and they need guidance because they've never done it. And so I walk them through step-by-step of how to achieve their goals. And what's really cool about having a business coach is you have somebody who not only has done what you want to do, but also um, they have their own unique you know, way of doing it. And if they're really good at their job, they can actually look from the outside in, you know, get a, like an aerial view of your business and give you ideas and feedback that you would have never saw yourself because you've got blinders on. You might be really good at, you know, um, making sandwiches and that's what you sell, right? But if you don't see certain things, you might not realize it because you're in a certain industry. If you're in the food industry, someone from the fashion industry, if they're a business coach, can actually help you implement something that worked really well for them. Or they can also help you avoid problems that you were headed straight towards. And so that's basically what I do. And one of the things that people come to me for when they're, you know, I actually make people interview before I take them on as a client. I don't just, there's nowhere on my website where you can just buy my program. I have a 90 day program where I help people, like I said, grow their business. You can't just buy it. You actually have to apply. And um, depending on your circumstances and what you're trying to achieve, is really what's going to indicate whether I take you on as a client or not, because I'm not going to sell my program to somebody who I can't help. 
it's just, it's not, it's not worth it for me. You know, the couple thousand dollars that I might make is not worth, um, you know, just feeling bad about myself. So sometimes people come to me and the reality is they're looking for a life coach. And I don't know if you've ever heard of that. It's very similar to like a therapist, somebody that you talk to and they do the same thing that a business coach would do, like a fitness coach also would do, help you achieve your goals um, with through guidance and, um, you know, persistence. And a lot of times people are just looking for accountability. They need someone just to like, hey, have you done this? Right. A life coach is very similar, except they focus on mindset and having mental, emotional, spiritual breakthroughs. So a lot of people come to me thinking that they need a business coach to break through whatever blockage that they're experiencing, but the reality is they need a life coach. And I have referred them plenty of times. I'm friends with a lot of life coaches. The coaching space, you know, we're all really close. So um, that's something that I've experienced. And so that's why we do spend a lot of time on mindset here, because at the end of the day, when it comes to business, we're just humans in business, right? We're just people. And so people have these individual issues that they come with. We have this baggage that we bring into our business a lot of times, and you have to really learn to break through that. So that was kind of the answer that I gave one of our um, anonymous, you know, question askers. And that's really what I'm bringing here to the podcast today. So in this specific episode, we're referencing the minority mindset, um, which really ties in closely with scarcity mindset. And also you can call it the middle-class mindset. And obviously not all minorities are middle-class and not all middle-class people are minorities. And in all actuality, if you talk to like a real financial economic guru, they're probably even going to tell you that the middle-class barely even exists today anyways. It's becoming a lot of the haves and the have-nots here in the United States anyway. I don't know what country you're listening in from. But the reality is the whole idea of middle class is really dwindling down because with the rise of technology, it's really separating people and and some people are just making it big and others are just falling behind if they're not getting with the times. So what we're going to talk about today is you can, you can call it, you know, I'm going to use the terms middle class mindset and minority mindset very interchangeably because in my experience and from, from my, where I come from, that's a lot of what you're going to see. And just keep in mind, I'm not going to specify too much on every single minority that exists. There's a lot of minorities. There's a lot of oppressed people that, uh, oppressed groups that exist. I definitely come from a certain one. I've come from a Chicano background where what's very prevalent in my minority culture um, is a lot of violent crime, um, drug-related crimes, a lot of drug addiction in my family. Um, so what I come from is, now that's not all that that Chicano culture is about, obviously. There's so many good aspects to you know loyalty and um, family traditions, things of that nature. But when we're talking about the parts that have, we're talking right here. We're talking about the the we're, they're talking about the start the dark stuff. We really are. You have to understand where your um, negative mindsets come from. Why am I afraid to smoke weed? You know, like if you guys know Hakeem, he's like a freaking chimney. He's always lit, and I have this weird fear of of any type of 
um, self-medication. That includes like Tylenol and Advil and anything like that. I try really hard not to take medications even over the counter because I have this impending doom associated with any type of um, medications. I think that if I do, if I smoke weed, I'm going to end up a crack whore on the street, you know, selling myself for another hit. <laughs> and that has a lot to do with what I was exposed to and what I saw the, the trajectory of growth, um, in somebody who was, you know, doing any type of, um, consuming any type of illicit drugs at a young age. So my point here, that was, I went off on a, on a total tangent, but the point is that it's scary. I mean, getting pregnant at 19, right? I was 19 years old when I got pregnant uh, with my now husband, Hakeem. And I, what I was a mess. I was like depressed. If you guys knew me, I was really sick. I lost tons of weight. I rarely left my house because I was so depressed. You know why? Now that I can, in retrospect, you know, 11 years later, I can look back and say, it's because I thought as a 19 year old who was pregnant that I was going to end up like every other teenage pregnancy, you know, case in my family, all the other women in my family who ended up, you know, be living off welfare and relying on their three baby daddies to pay child support so that they can, you know, feed their kids. And nine times out of 10, those baby daddies weren't even paying child support because they had seven other baby mamas to worry about. And all these things that I grew up seeing that I was associating like, oh, well, if I'm pregnant at 19, it means that I'm going to be a loser, you know? And that's not to say that my, that my aunts and my family members that live those lives are losers, but in my mindset as a, as a young kid at 19, you're, you're immature and dumb, you know? So you, you're really afraid. And when you're born into um, a community that makes so many decisions based on this fear this have you ever heard of the term shotgun weddings it is prevalent in mexican latino families because it we're we come from a catholic typically a catholic descent when you're coming from like mexico and things like that um other countries like that these shotgun weddings meaning you if you get pregnant you get you get married simply because you know, you pull the trigger on getting married. That's the idea. You hurry up and get married just because you're pregnant. Um, my family, that was my dad's first question when we told him we were pregnant. My my dad's first immediate question was, so are, so are you getting married? And me and Hakeem had only been dating not even a year. I mean, I'm talking months, okay? We barely knew each other. Big mistake that I made getting pregnant so young by a, basically a stranger. Um but the idea of marrying someone and being stuck with somebody for the rest of my life just because I made a dumb choice and got pregnant as a teenager, like it scared the crap out of me. So I was depressed and it had real physiological response. My body had a physiological response to this um, feeling, these feelings that I had. And again, all that comes from this minority mindset, like I said, that was telling me that because I got pregnant by this guy, I had to get married to him and I had to be with him for the rest of my life because that's what my minority Catholic background was telling me. And this translates, those are a couple of personal examples, but it, this really translates to business as well. And I think about this all the time, how you know our, our paths as minorities who our dream, right? Your minority dream is basically to 
to secure your spot in the middle class. It, that's really why I'm using them interchangeably. Now, this is obviously not a blanket statement. My husband's family is very different. They come from a majorly entrepreneurial, um, encouraging family. Pretty much everyone has a, a business of their own, both here in the States as well as in Mexico. So I feel like for him, it was a very different experience. And he has more of what I call the immigrant idea when it comes to um, you know building a life for yourself in America. My husband has a lot, I'm third generation almost, right? So there's there's a, a big difference between being um, an immigrant and being a minority. So in my opinion, and from what I've seen, because my husband's family is like, everyone encourages each other, everyone shows up when people start a business and they're the first to tell everyone and, you know, all their coworkers, Oh, go to my cousin's house. He sells mariscos or, you know, my cousin has, my other primo has a loncheria on the corner of blah, blah, blah. Like, so I feel there was, there's definitely a, a, a divide and that's because the immigrant ideology is to work, 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 any opportunity you get to hustle, you take it, you work hard, but then you have minorities who have been here maybe a couple generations and their mindset is very heavily focused on stability, security, and being protective of of what we have because predictiveness is safer and passion is a risk. That's a very common um, theme in minority families because they're trying to protect what they already have. You know, I don't know if you've ever heard of the saying, save money for a rainy day. And that was really prevalent in my family and all my friends' families, like, you know, these common themes that came up time and time again. Uh, they really all come from what's called a scarcity mindset. And so this is something that you really have to learn to to get away from. You have to break free of that because in order to reach these major goals, like seven figures on your own, if you're trying to bootstrap, become a bootstrap millionaire, which is something that I'm working towards, if you want to be a millionaire coming from basically nothing and you don't have investors and you don't have um, millionaire mentors, if you don't have family members who have built million dollar companies, it's going to be really difficult to do that. If you're so worried about saving money for a rainy day, your money is not making you anything in a bank. In fact, you, if you save $10,000 for three years in a bank, you're, you literally lost money with inflation. You have to understand that our dollars are getting smaller and smaller and smaller every year. They're getting more and more worthless every year. They're literally talking about not having coins anymore. And it's not because um, they don't like coins. The reason why is because it's so much work to print them. It's actually costing more to print coins than it than they're worth. So they're literally wasting money to print, to make coins. I'm sorry, not print coins. You know what I mean? To <laughs> create coins. So just with that in mind, if they're literally thinking of, st- you know, quitting making coins, that tells you how much pretty soon the dollar is going to be not printed anymore. And you have to understand that if, if, if your money doesn't even make 1% sitting in a bank account, what you're, that's not even consistent with inflation. You're losing money when you leave money in a bank, your money should be making you money. And that's where owning a business comes in play. And so you back to what I was saying of, you know, the idea that 
a lot of minority families tend to favor security and stability over, you know, people following their passions. That comes from a scarcity mindset because we have this idea that there's only so much money and there's only so much um, homes and there's only so many jobs. We have this idea that we need to make sure we get ours because there's a point where there's going to be no more jobs. There's going to be a time when there's no more houses and no more money for us to get, but that's just not true. You have to have an abundance mindset. And that really comes from breaking through these limiting beliefs that are inherited through our family members who typically down the line migrated here for a better life because they've come from somewhere where there really is no breaking free of the classism. There is no, you know, fleeing from poverty in third world countries. So that that ideology that initially, you know, people came here, like these immigrants came here with this idea, but then a lot of times they were oppressed when they got here. A lot of people like my grandmother and my great grandmother were oppressed because of the, their accents, because of the way they looked, because of their names, because of the way they dressed. And so after enough oppression, you know, you start to believe these limiting things about yourself. You start to believe that you can't a- accomplish, you know, these these huge dreams that maybe you had when you first came here. And guess what? That trickles down into the next generations. So this scarcity mindset doesn't, it's not because, you know, when our families don't support us and they don't buy our products or they don't pay for a service from us or, you know, whatever the case may be, it's not because they don't believe in us. It's because they they gave up believing in themselves a long time ago. And it, it's nothing personal. But this is where when we understand this, we can take steps towards challenging it. And when you'll be surprised how much you can accomplish when you challenge that. One of the big ones for me that I feel that I'm still breaking through myself. So don't take it. Don't be hard on yourself if you're like, ah, I can't, you know, it's too hard. This is so ingrained in my brain. There's a few things that I still struggle with as well. Have you ever heard the saying, another level, another devil? It's one of my favorite sayings. There's this girl that I follow on Instagram, on my personal Instagram. Her name's uh, Chula Baby 805 I think. And she just goes on these rants all the time. She's so funny. And she said that once. She was like, another level, another devil. And for me, I can translate that for you if you, if you don't really get it. Um, but it hit me immediately. And I was like, oh, my freaking God, yes. So just understand that at all levels and at all levels of life, you can be happy or you can be miserable. Whether you're poor, like I've been happy when I was at my poorest. I've also been miserable when I was poor. I've been happy at my wealthiest and I've also been miserable at my wealthiest. Like at every level of income, at every level relationship wise, at every level, like meaning whether I was married or single or dating or whatever, like at every level of everything, <laughs> at every level in my life, that you can be happy or you can be miserable. And money or relationship status doesn't determine that. It doesn't dictate that. That's on you, right? But the point here is just that you need to figure out what you know what level you want to be at and whether you want to be happy or miserable there because it's really up to you. And it's all in your in your mindset. But one of the things for me that uh, that really resonated with was that when I started making more money and when I started being more, um, how do I say, like, um, in control of my life. There you go. When I got to the point where I was more in control of my life and I can make decisions and not really have to check in with anybody because it didn't really affect anyone other than myself and my husband and my kids, I got to this point where it was, it was kind of scary because now I'm just like 100% relying on my own gut feelings and, and my own, um, my own 
100%, it was my decision, like where I live, what I wear, what I drive, uh, when, how often I go on vacation, all that stuff. All those decisions before I always relied heavily on my family and what they felt because in, in a lot of minority cultures, martyrship and the, the idea that you need to, with every decision that you make, you need to bring honor to your family. Um, that really weighs in heavy, especially in my family. For some people, maybe not as much, but in my family, you know, your decisions affect everybody. And that was like a really common theme in my family from both of my parents, my grandparents, like everyone was always telling me, like, make sure that whatever you do, like you think about others first, because, you know, it affects them too. And that was like huge for me. And to break through that, I'm still working on. But what I realized was that a lot of that has to do with, first of all, yes, manipulation. And this is, this, this doesn't mean that my family is manipulative. It just means that these themes in our culture have really developed over time to the point where we don't even realize it, but we're basically favoring people to put other people first. And the more that you do that, the more valued that you are, the more that you suppress your own feelings and put others before yours, you're like a martyr, right? You're, you're like Jesus Christ, right? We're Catholic. So that's a big deal. And that's how you bring honor to your family. So it's kind of like how we all have that one Theo that lays cement for a living. And we know how hard he works and his hands are all cut up and dry and black and his knuckles are black, right? We we like we put him on this pedestal. All the kids are the are like fighting over who's gonna take his boots off. We all have like that one um, you know, family member who is gone three weeks out of the month because of the job that he does or or she does or whoever. But the point is that the harder they work, the more that they do to benefit their family and sacrifice on their own well-being, the more we value them. And that's because we've developed that over the course of decades, right? And probably centuries of basically telling each other that if you sacrifice and if you're miserable, but you're doing it for a good cause, then, then you'll live a a full wealthy life in heaven one day. Right. And like this, this whole really all comes back to Catholicism to be completely honest, which is major for Mexican culture. But what I'm trying to get you to see is that your parents, your family, your siblings, your aunt and uncles, your grandparents, they're not horrible people. This is just deep rooted stuff inside of them that has, you know, you have inherited basically, and you're allowing those feelings of guilt and, and, um, whatever else that that you have, a lot of times it's a lot of guilt, control your feelings and, and your decisions so much to the point that you are not living the life that you could. And so I challenge you to really dig deep and figure out where it is. Maybe you come from a different culture. Maybe you come from um, somewhere that's completely different from the things that I mentioned. Those are where I come from. But if you can take the time to dig deep and really realize why, you know, why you feel the feelings that you feel, I, I, I think you'll be amazed at how much you're going to be like, no, I don't need to do that. Right. I, I can do this. I'm an adult and I can make my own decisions. Um, and from there on out, you're going to have a much better time having that millionaire mindset that we talked about last week. And so. I hope that that was valuable and I hope that you you get a clearer picture of what I mean by challenging limiting beliefs because I really want all of us to realize that we can build 
the career of our dreams, the, the, the business of our dreams. If you want to build a business that you don't even work in, you can do that. If you want to build a business where you get to stay home all day and play on a laptop or, or you get to create content and that's it, like you can do that. But you're not going to do that if you continue to listen to the limiting beliefs that you have inherited from this middle class mindset or these money mindset, or I'm sorry, these minority mindsets. And yeah, I hope that um, you get to work and you start writing these things down and if uncover that stuff. If this was helpful to you, it's probably going to be helpful to a hundred other people. So it would really mean a lot to me if you screenshot this episode and shared it to your social media platforms, tag me so I can share, so I can see that this made a big difference. And also if you have, if you can take the time, even, you know, one minute, go ahead and comment, um, and leave a review below and let me know how this impacted you, because that will really give me an idea of what type of content you guys like hearing the most. So until next time, thank you so much.